Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Hi, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we are back. We're back. We're back. You know what's not back? Cocoa Puffs. I I'm saw you tweet about that. I'm so mad. They changed oh. their recipe and it's just worse in every way. Ah. It's like I don't I don't eat a lot of like little kid cereals. Like I I'm normally like a honey nut Cheerios and raisin bran kind of person. But occasionally, occasionally I've been known to indulge in a box of cocoa puffs and now they are like smaller and denser so they're kind of like chewy and they are just less chocolatey so they they're just bad now <laughs> they're like i why would you wreck them why they they've gone from being a like surprisingly better than other kids cereals to like pretty much as mediocre and bad as all other kids cereals i'm pretty sure uh, this will... is like how growing up growing old feels like it's the thing is it's not though because i've like i've eaten these as as recently as like two or three months ago and they were fine this isn't like a thing i remember no, no, from when i was 12 or whatever i'm not questioning that they changed their recipe <laughs> okay fair enough um but yeah I'm maybe. Looking... oh wait a minute uh Okay, so this is from a recent news article. General Mills bringing back retro recipes for Cocoa Puffs, tricks, and more. So does that mean that the, this is the retro recipe? And I guess. And they used to be worse? I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, like maybe. I said, I, I, I was always more of a Cocoa Pebbles kind of guy. Um, and I don't even remember the last time I had Cocoa Puffs, if I even ever have. Um... <sighs> I guess. It just makes me sad, is all. I also think that, like, we here have different cocoa pops. That could be the case. I feel like that's often Probably, the case. Probably, yeah. That it's just uh, different in uh, in different places. Which, you know, like, this is ultimate, like, first world problems, right? Like, nobody cares. Just eat a different cereal. <laughs> but it still made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I guess you can switch to like Reese's Puffs Ugh, if you're uh, into that. We'll see. Probably not. I haven't I had know. a Reese's. I haven't had a Reese's Puff in a long time either. So anyway, um, yeah. In in other news, I have been playing the heck out of Breath of the Wild for the past few weeks. I think I'm almost done. Nice. Where I'm are you at? I guess mean. that doesn't matter. I, well, I just finished the fourth of the Divine Beasts is the thing. So I'm now okay. at the point where I, like, really should push for the ending, but I just want to spend all my time, like, dicking around and, like, exploring. Yep. Yeah, that's what I did. I I didn't do the story at all. I just went in one direction and did everything I could find. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been in the mode I've been. And I feel like... Like, I'm starting to run out of things to do. I'm, like, finishing off the little side quests. Got some cool rare horses. Got, you know, like, I found two out of the three dragon shrines. Like, it's, it's like, I, 
I am enjoying Breath of the Wild a lot, but I gotta say, I really don't feel like this is a Legend of Zelda game at all. It feels nothing like a Zelda game. Yeah. I don't know. I I agree, but then again, like I I feel like there have been a lot of different styles of game within the series. Like going back to the original game and then Zelda 2 out of nowhere was a side scroller. That's um, fair. I I I almost feel like, like the first two don't count, but granted, yeah. Yeah. It's well, it's one of those things. Is, I think it's really similar to like the follow-ups. Like um, going to the past. I mean, if if we're gonna say that any don't count, it's gonna be the CDI ones. Yeah, which I was really, say, really, CDI. really don't count. But um yeah. no, there's worse. Like all the spin-off games. Oh, like Tingle's Adventure or whatever, Tingle's Rupee Land or something. Oh yeah, things yeah. crossbow training and Freshly all that shit. Picked. The CDI games has some stuff, except for Zelda's Adventure. That doesn't count. Yeah, um, but I, like the thing is, I always, I always associate Legend of Zelda games very much with the item-based progression, right? With the like, you go to a place okay, yeah. and it teaches you how to do a new thing. And now you have the ability to go to other places because now you're capable of doing a new thing. And this is, like, very much not that. <laughs> you just have everything at the beginning. And it's like, try to find the little puzzly bits that are hidden throughout this world. Yeah, I guess there is. I mean, there's a different sort of progression, though. Um, like, you're, you're upgraded. Uh, it's not grip strength it's stamina so you you can like climb to places where you maybe couldn't have climbed to before uh, um, I, I get it ish it's, it is it is a lot different but. yeah it, because like yeah you can climb places you you can climb places more easily but technically you could climb places as much as you want if you were patient enough to sit and like uh fish a bunch so you have a bunch of or like collect a bunch of stamina mushrooms so you can make a bunch of stamina potions because then you can just ha climb half the wall take a stamina potion and climb the other half of the wall yeah the thing about like being a Zelda game is like i don't think they have to like they don't have to follow this mold to be a Zelda game I guess. Like, it just, I think uh, Super Mario 64 is a Mario game. Mm -hmm. But like, looking at it at the time, it was a very different game to like the previous. Do you I think wonder if all, they're going to uh... do the sort of... Oh, so oh what I was going to say is, I wonder if they're going to do the sort of thing where like, they now have, they have like, you know, 3D world... Which is still the side-scrolly Mario, but then also your Mario Galaxies, your 64s, your Sunshines, mm -hmm. etc., which are 3D platformers. I wonder if they're gonna do that with Zelda, where like maybe yeah, that's well, that's what I'm you can't say. say the handheld versions though, because now there's no handheld um, because the Switch is just both. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if they if they did that, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be upset. Having having like a, a strand of open world Zelda games, I guess. They better f fix the freaking weapon fragility thing if they're <laughs> going to keep doing these. Um, the weapons break way, way too fast. Um, the weapon but, fragility 
became less of an issue um, for me. I don't know if this will help you, but it became less of an issue for me when I found out that um, Guardian Shrines, the Guardians respawn also at full moons. So after a full moon, you can just go farm Guardian Shrines for good weapons. Interesting. That's, That's what I got. Yeah, it helped me a lot. Yeah, the problem I had was like going from a high level area to a low level area meant like losing all your weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mostly just avoid combat whenever I can. I spend a lot of time just running past combat encounters. Um, yeah. It's, like I said, it's I mean, not most that of the it's time bad. I, I'm just, it's just very different as an experience. Yeah. I did like, I have liked the Guardian Beasts as little mini Zelda dungeons, though. They've been yeah. kind of interesting. I liked, I think I liked the Guardian Beasts less than I liked the Shrines. Where it's like, here is a new like little puzzle thing that you have to solve. It's like a one-room dungeon puzzle. Mm -hmm. And it takes, you know, five, ten minutes or whatever. Yeah. And then 20 feet later, there's another one. <laughs> Yeah, if you want it, if you feel like it, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. There are there. I like. I was at, when I got to the point where I'd done like forty of them. I'm like, oh, I need to make sure that I like am spending my points the right way in case you know, like, so I I don't um like run out of points without getting enough hearts. And how many of these are there? And I looked up. It's like there are 120 in the base game. And I'm like, oh Jesus. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I think I've got like so 80 of them now. I did so many shrines before I found the guy that lets you upgrade your stuff. Because oh, like, well, I didn't do like the main story, and it's on the way to the main story. Uh, you mean uh, not? You're not talking about the uh, the like upgrade uh, your stamina, health, or stuff. I mean that that's the like starting the starting temple of time at the beginning of the game lets you do that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I meant the, I guess I meant the Korok Seeds. Oh, yeah. Oh. There are also a fuck ton of those. <laughs> There's 900 Koroks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that if you find all of them, you get a golden turd. Oh, wow. Worth you it. Get a golden, you get a golden Korok <laughs> poop that does nothing. It's like, congrats, I guess. <laughs> The real reward was the Koroks we found along the way. I mean, kind of. I do love those little. I do love those little boys. They're pretty cute. I like the they're little great. noise they make when they appear, where they're like, "Yeah, ha ha!" Yes. Oh. Yeah, I think I think the um, <laughs> the the Deku Forest was probably my favorite, just like area in that game because it looks real cool it's full of cute friends and the music is maybe the best song in the soundtrack for me yeah i really like that song yeah i really love the um the like zora domain because it's just like very cool like tolkien elf sort of architecture stuff going on it always Sorry. seemed weird to me that they're like on top of a mountain kind of um yeah, but i guess there's i, mean, I guess there's water there 
I was going to say they're in a lake, basically. Yeah. Like one of those high mountain lakes. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting trip. I kind of like don't want to start the end game because I want there to be like more to do, but I'm going to have to sooner or later. I guess there's the um, DLC. That's true. I, I guess I could do that. I bought the DLC and I played some of it. I know one of them is just like a, a dungeon um, like a dungeon challenge type of thing. And then the other one is I don't remember. I guess I'm going to need another uh, long-term game to play. Probably you can play later. all the remakes that starts popping up. Or the clones. Like oh, yeah. Impact or your Immortal Phoenix Rising. Interesting. Is Genshin Impact a, a a Breath of the Wild clone? I didn't. I I've seen the name bandied about so much, and I have no idea what Genshin Impact actually is. I all I know I about Genshin Impact or it's Breath of the Wild. All I know about Genshin okay. Impact is that it has some kind of really terrifying, um, like loot box system, basically like a gachapon mechanic, um, whereby to get characters, you basically like you roll for them randomly. Um, because there yeah, is someone right. that I follow in my timeline who is complaining that she like has yet to get this character that she really, really wants because she just can't roll him for the life of her. I think like it is like a gacha game, but it's also like fine to play if you can resist those types of things. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I okay, I don't that's know. fair. I think if I my next long term game will probably be Persona Five. Um, I've heard that's like a hundred and twenty hours long, though. It's long. I haven't beaten it, and I bought it when it came out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my roommate has Persona Five, but I'm like, I kind of want to wait until like Persona Five Royale gets on PC, which might never happen. Yeah, you never yeah. know. I think I... like it seems to be like a better version of the game. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I kind of want to play Persona Five Royal, but also I already own Persona Five, and I would feel like the base version. And I would feel kind of shitty like buying a second version of the game when I haven't even played it. I mean, I guess you're just extra supporting uh, the developers. <laughs> that's one way of thinking about it. Yeah. That do is... I want to do that? <laughs> like, I do that's like true. Atlas, but. That is the most annoying thing about the Persona series is that they always come out with a with a just a definitively better version, but like years later because they did the same thing with Persona Four with P Four G, and Persona Three. Yeah, and Persona Three. Persona. I don't remember well, what that one was called. Kind of like different versions, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Catherine. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> they did do that with Catherine. God, I forgot. I was and say, that was like a version of Catherine, like actually better. Uh, there's a whole other character that they, like they oh. just added a completely new Catherine. Um, yeah, Catherine. I I forgot about that one too. And that was that was like a decade later that that Catherine yeah. full body came out. Jesus, but I'm I'm so glad that they. Cause if you want to know like a cool story, look into like the Catherine, uh, like 
competitive scene. Yeah. And like how Atlas supported them by adding like an online mode. Huh. Oh, that's cool. that. I didn't know that. I remember seeing the the Catherine uh, competitive scene when I, I like I had happened to tune in to like something on Twitch that was like um, like a fighting game tournament, like big name fighting game tournament. And they're like, oh, and over here off to the side, we also have like competitive Catherine going on. And like I watched a few rounds. I'm like, holy crap, this is intense. Yeah, competitive Catherine is like a cool game. Catherine in general is a very weird game. There's Atlas has like a certain flavor of like just Japanese mindset that's like very often like very problematic in certain ways, but in in a way that's like sometimes you just gotta kind of go with it. I feel like the Danganronpa games are like this to some extent too, where you're like, like I don't know if I like some of the implications of what you're saying here, and like, but okay, like this is just bizarre enough that I want to keep going regardless. Yeah, yeah. They make some cool stuff, but also some mm, not so cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Vincent is such a like interesting example of like a, a really unlikable protagonist in a video game because there are protagonists that are, you just roll their eye your eyes because they're you know assholes that are just like meant to be as like macho cool guys or whatever but Vincent is like intentionally kind of an unlikable schmuck I feel <laughs> He for him. And it's a little bit about him learning to kind of just take responsibility for his goddamn life. You meant coming of age. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... And there's, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, and there always the has been. But, you know. What are you going to do for the next, I don't know, 100 years? However long. Yeah. Um, not, probably not that long. I'm, I'm like a little over halfway, I think, through five. So, okay. so I've got, I was going to ask which one more. you're playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through five, which is, I, I've been Has playing this. Lived up to the hype. I've been playing these games for so long. I, I know five is one that a lot of people don't care for. Um, I like it well enough. 
I can see why people don't like it. They they leaned really hard into side stories for because there's it's one of those games where there's a bunch of different protagonists and you switch between them as the story mm-hmm. progresses. And they lean really hard into the side stories for each individual protagonist. And there's there's like one character who his whole side story basically is a weird bare bones like Cabela's game hunter. Um, <laughs> And I played I played the shit out of that section. Um, I like I like that one a lot. It was very stupid and fun. Um, but I, I get to understanding is that's like one. the whole premise of Yakuza games is basically it's a collection of like weird as fuck mini games. Yeah. Well, I guess I I I talked about the Cabela's bit and completely glossed over the part halfway through the game where it just turns into a rhythm game <laughs> um, for a while. And you really can't do anything else but rhythm game stuff until you progress the story beyond that part. Um, Interesting. It's a really easy rhythm game. So if you're bad at rhythm games and that is a barrier to you, I would not worry about it. But, yeah. Isn't there... One of the games also has, like, a real estate market in it. And one of the games you, like, do phone calls at a host club or something. Yeah, there's there's a couple in it's in zero and two, um, where they do like real estate stuff. There's like a kind of an RTS, and there's a whole section where you are the manager of a, a hostess club, and that that mini game is so much fun. I wish they would make a spinoff that is just that. <laughs> I would play the hell out of it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever it's, see the uh, article where they uh, they interviewed actual Yakuza about the Yakuza games? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty great. I like. I like how one of the guys is like, "Yeah, I actually knew a guy who uh, who ran an orphanage," which is <laughs> like, which is yeah. a main plot point of Kiryu runs an orphanage. Um, yep. That was wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Yakuza games. I'm a little burnt out, but I still still like them. I still support them conceptually, as yes. we recommend them. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, anybody else doing anything or playing anything over the past couple of weeks? Carl? Sounds like a no. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm trying to think if there's anything besides that I've been playing besides Breath of the Wild. I feel like I've been nothing but doing nothing but watching, but playing Breath of the Wild and watching Pokemon challenge videos on YouTube, <laughs> which is apparently yes. like a big subgenre of thing. Is it like so, Nuzlocke challenge? Well, some of them are Nuzlocke. Like there are people who do Nuzlocke, but there are people who just like set weird arbitrary challenges for themselves like i'm gonna see if i can beat pokemon ruby with only a shedinja it's like i'm gonna see if i can you know like play pokemon gold without ever taking any damage on any pokemon yeah i have a friend that started like doing nuzlocke challenge I mean, it seems like it's probably fun to do, and I guess, like, Poketube is, like, a whole, you know, weird, its own weird subsection of YouTube. I think I got through, I got into these videos by watching, um, so there's a, an animation channel called Jaden Animations, um, 
on YouTube and she does some she does some really cute animated videos. Um, a lot of them are about her uh, pet bird, uh, Ari. I want to say it's a it's not a parakeet. What is it? It's a type of small parrot. But um, and she, so she, I guess, just did a nuzlocke at one point and then animated like the story of how it went um and it became like a viral video for uh you know professional because apparently there is such a thing professional nuzlockers and professional pokemon players um to to basically like watch the video and react to it so i watched the video and i really liked it and then youtube was recommending me like 400 people react to jaden's nuzlocke videos so and then recently she did a second one which was pretty cool hmm. but yeah i recommend jaden animations if you have not seen her stuff yeah i watched the speed running cookie mama too Oh, yes, that one was good. Yes, like I tried to speed run and got a world record. She's like, I, I, I decided to do a speed run, so I picked something for which there were no entries. So I now have the speed run record for, for Cooking Mama. It's, it's also it's like Cooking huh. Mama 3 or something like that. Cooking Mama 2. 2, yeah. And... It's like <laughs> Cookie Mama 2 speedruns kind of blew up after that. Did they? <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I was wondering if that would happen because she's because uh, her videos are so popular. I bet those are really funny to watch. I would like to see some like really serious gamer bros doing a Cookie Mama speedrun. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I want to see that at a GDQ. <laughs> There's also burned apple pie percent, and it has yes. 250 entries. <laughs> How fast can you burn the apple pie? Uh, which is a joke from her video, which is pretty great. Uh, all right. Um, shall we talk about the game that we played? Yeah. Let's talk about the game. It's uh, going to be pretty short, I think. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can already feel like we're we're padding this episode a little bit and that's fine. yeah yeah we played uh wilmot's warehouse by uh richard hogg and hollow ponds published by Finji. uh it's a game where you are a square um and your job is to organize a warehouse the uh and of course i was gonna look up something about this uh before we started and i forgot um so the uh, there's there's a bunch of squares, and you get four new squares with different pictures on them at a time, and they fill up your warehouse. And you have a window at the top with little guys who are requesting things, and you basically alternate between bringing people things and having new squares delivered to your warehouse. And the game is all about keeping the warehouse organized so that you know how to find things quickly to respond to 
people's requests. Or so I thought, but as the game progresses, it's actually less about, I feel like, about keeping the warehouse uh, organized to find things and more about keeping the warehouse organized so you can still move through it in a way that's, like, fast and efficient. <laughs> like, keeping yeah. the aisles clear. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep seeing, like, screenshots of people's warehouses and just wondering, like, how, how do you move through that? You've got like a, a, a like a, a two square wide aisle to go through. How are you moving through that? How are you moving all of your stuff? Yeah, because you as you pick things up, you actually like you you don't they don't just like disappear. You have to like drag them around the place. So if you are not very careful in how you are picking up your uh, items that you're collecting, you won't fit through the aisles, and you'll like bump things over and. It's like lose your lose your organization and stuff. I did quite a few two square aisles. How do you fit? You're just there very carefully. Yeah, but like, how do you fit once you're carrying like a bunch of the stuff with you? You're two square wide. <laughs> you're just very careful about how you pick it up, I guess, huh? Yeah, and I tend to do like tend to be a long boy. Ah, I see. Um, it took me quite a while. So there's, as you go through um, and you get uh, you get stars for finishing each round uh, very quickly. And you uh, can buy upgrades. Um, so one of the upgrades you get is the ability to, like, rotate the stuff that you're carrying. And it took me a quite a while to get the hang of that. Um, I was, I kept thinking that, like, the corner that it rotates around has to be clear. Right, like it, like as though it was actually physically ro rotating in three D space, but that is not the case. Oh yeah, Just like as space... long as you can transpose the items into the empty space, that it's fine. Yeah, yeah, the space where it ends up has to be clear, but like mm -hmm. if if you were swinging it around and it would have clipped through things, like that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah. So there's. Let's see the the yeah. So there's upgrades you can get with these by that you buy with stars. Um, the round structure is that um, it'll basically be three rounds of like you are you get four new types of item, and then you have uh, like uh, you have to organize you know put away the deliveries that are arriving, and then you have. Um, uh my face and then you do do your little delivery so you have like three rounds of that and then you get a stock take round um which is like unlimited time to sort of regroup and reorganize your warehouse and make sure everything's where it goes and um you get to buy an upgrade if you have your upgrades yeah yeah um so what are some of the upgrades there's the there's the rotation one um the the warehouse starts with like six pillars in it that are just like big lumps that take up space basically um so you can demolish the pillars um i have to assume that when you demolish the pillars then the the roof of the building is held up only by very tall stacks of inventory <laughs> of inventory probably it's true yeah that's how that works. my head cannon. <laughs> That seems accurate. It took me quite a while to understand what they meant by like 
destroying one of those pillars. Yeah. Yeah, the, everything is very sort of um, clean and abstract to the point of, like, not necessarily always being readable. Like, it's mostly understandable, like, what does what and what is where, but um, some of it is a little bit uh, on the abstract side. And that was one of them where it's like, oh, demolish pillars. What are the pillars? Oh, they're these weird shaded squares on the floor. <laughs> okay. Um, so but... I did, did either of you buy Borky? I did not buy Borky. I was afraid to buy Borky. I, I was also Borky. afraid. I was I afraid to Borky. buy Borky. I was going to say, I was afraid to buy Borky at first, but eventually I just ran out of other stuff to buy. So I took a risk and bought Borky and Borky does is actually quite useful. Except when he's in the way, which yeah. is quite a lot. But yeah, you put him next to like the incoming delivery pile um, and he'll do like a, he has like a little burst um, where he'll like basically like scan all the cubes within a certain distance around him. And then he just one by one takes them and puts them next to uh, that square somewhere else in your warehouse. Um, oh, which, okay. That is actually useful. Yeah. I mean, see, I was, it's not I was worried that Borky. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried that Borky was going to try to mess up my, like, categorization. Yeah. To be like, yeah, that was my fear as well. I'm like, I do not want an AI trying to organize things for me. That sounds terrible. But yeah. no, it's just like, if he can, he will try and drop a box, like, adjacent to an existing box of that type. And as, as Carl said, he's not always perfect about it, because, like, sometimes he doesn't drop it, like... If he could drop it, you know, on the, the front or the left, sometimes you're stacking it to the front and he drops it on the left or whatever. But it's it's a good way of, like, making your deliveries a little bit or your, um, yeah, your delivery rounds a little faster because, yeah. like, you can concentrate on stocking the new stuff while he goes and, and puts things where they go. And he can, like, stock during, like, the time where you deliver items. Yeah, so if you and didn't quite, quite finish clean up after his mess because like he dropped them at the approximately right place mm -hmm. so you just have to move it like one or two squares yeah yeah i did become eventually quite fond of borky <laughs> damn that makes me wish i would have gotten borky oh well i can i can always go back and buy borky that's true did you uh did you finish the game by the way i didn't, I didn't. realize there was a, i didn't realize there was an end state <laughs> But there is. I, I read that there is an end state, but I did not finish it, no. Yeah, I did not, you... but I played it long enough to realize that, like, nothing seems to change. Yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, especially once you get all the upgrades. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, and ev a lot of the upgrades don't even actually do anything. They're just kind of, like, there's one that's like, see a, like, time-lapse visualization of your warehouse over time. Um, the time lapses okay. are cool because other people post their time lapses and you can watch them. I don't care about watching my own time lapses, but <laughs> seeing other people's is pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the game just basically when you get all 200 items, the game just ends. And it's like, congrats. I was curious yes. if the like... Is is everybody does everybody get the same items or do people are there like more than two hundred items and you get a subset of them? Oh that I don't know. 
I would because assume it's all the same items, but in different yeah, orders. I would assume. Okay. Um, just because the, it plays a little like credit sequence at the end, um, where there's like a bunch of little robots going around and like moving items, and there were pictures of a bunch of things I didn't have. Oh, um, well, maybe not. Then. Did you remember all the stuff you had? I mean, I, enough that I could recognize something that clearly had not been in my warehouse. Whoa. Because I got, like, new stuff all the time, and I had no idea if it was new stuff or old stuff. Well, then you're not very well organized. <laughs> like, yeah, I know I know what's in my animals section, and I know that this is not something in my animals section. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't organize. Okay, so this was going to be my other question: Is like, how did you how did you find things in your warehouse? How did you keep yourself organized? I had efficient space, so I can move around it and look. Oh, so you just had to figure out where the thing was every single time. Well, you sort of learn, right? Because the placement doesn't change. Yeah, but you just but like, like memorized it. Sort of, but you have like. If you have like a good path to run, that's and, like, fascinating. Do it, you yeah, that's a wild strat. I love it. Get your stuff. I would absolutely not have been able to find anything if I had not been organized. Like, if I had started with like all the items unlocked and like really, really tried, I would probably like organize them by color or something. I was so sure when I start when I like saw this game and looked at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna end up organizing these by color because like that's the most immediately recognizable, and I'm sure that's how my brain works. Uh, and it turns out that was not what I did. Um, you know, I had I had the same instinct as well, um, and that did not work out for me. I I basically had to go through through some kind of categorical organization scheme. Um, based on actual content of the squares rather than the colors, but it's yeah, I I I, I was so sure that going by color was going to be the best way to do it, but nope. Yep. Some squares were so abstract, they're like. Well, so that's what that ended up being my organization scheme was. I it was basically a gradient of abstraction. So from the most abstract things on one side to the least abstract things on the other side. Um, so, like, on the, the the left side of the warehouse was, like, there's the one block that's, like, a solid color block, and then there was a section for squares, patterns with squares, patterns with stripes, and patterns with polka dots, uh, and then there were uh, slightly more complex but still abstract shapes, like, you know, raindrop and, uh, like, heart patterns and, like thing that's like a stripe but in like you know that's like a boomerang stripe um yeah and then it then it that proceeded to like iconography which was like the number four and the number symbol and like a thermometer and then it proceeded into um objects so like envelope pencils <laughs> And like within objects, it was like organized by group. Of, right, here are the office supplies objects, and here are the like travel-related objects. And I think I had a corner for like body parts that was like eyes and teeth, and then like glasses and hats. 
I have to wonder too, because um, I, I have the sense that when they give you new objects, it it tends to favor objects that are at least somewhat proximally related to objects that you already have. Because like I started out with foods and like animal animal related things and what was another thing? I started out with like sky type of stuff so like sun clouds etc and i got a ton of shit like i ended up with so much different types of food in my warehouse a ton of animal bits in my warehouse um i had a whole bunch of sky stuff and then that ended up going into space stuff which then also ended up becoming like here are five or six different types of like abstract stars <laughs> so See, I, I, I bet have we to... have I think we have different squares. I think we have different squares. Yeah, we must. Well, I don't think we have different squares, but I think we get, like, different starting squares. Maybe. I don't think I ever had a sunblock, although there's part of this game is also kind of a Rorschach test, because there's definitely some blocks that might look like one thing to one person and something else to a different person. Well, see, I would say that, but here here are the sunblocks that I had. I had... Sun with clouds in front of it. I had rising sun. I had setting sun. I had what to me looked like an eclipse. So I like putting them all together like that. I don't know that they're necessarily, especially like the sunset one. I don't, I don't know that that one would be like easy to interpret in another way, but I think, I think probably there are different. Yeah. I don't I, think I, would, I, had I would be those. curious now to know. Yeah. I would be curious to know then how many actual objects exist in the game. Mm-hmm. Because I bet if yeah, you, if, like, if you did all two hundred save file, have... yeah, I bet if you start a new save file, you get a different random assortment of blocks, and that would make. sense to me from a several different types of bar charts like a pie chart um a couple others that i can't remember and i was just like here's another graph put it in the charts and graphs corner i guess <laughs> yeah yeah i had uh I, I definitely had a bar chart and i'm i'm pretty sure i had the venn diagram which i put in circles that was in my polka dots shapes yeah. um but i think that's the only graphs i had yeah um, the, the, the bar graph went with iconography <laughs> for me. That's fair. Yep. Um, I ended up with a lot of like, uh, like stripes and objects, like just random objects. I had a lot of office themed objects and a lot of like travel themed objects, um, like a boat and a tent, two different kinds of tents. And, um, what else? There was a map. There was a magnet. There was a compass. Um, yeah, lots of lots of stuff that I thought of. There was like um like a Chinese gate, like one of those red gates. Oh yeah, and a windmill. Dang. 
I'm trying to think of what other big categories. Oh, I had like um, toys was another big categories. I think I had yo-yo. Oh yeah, toys and uh, games. I did have one. Yeah, toys and games, yo-yo top. I had like a bubble wand, uh, something that I wasn't sure what it was, so I interpreted it as like a marble and put it in there. Yeah, I think um, I probably was it. Was it like red and orange on a blue background? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got that one. I also had uh, I had two different kinds of chess pieces in my toys and games. I also had nice. so many uh, seagull heads. Did you guys have like a weird looking seagull head? So oh, I looked that up because I, I I ended up having a couple of those. I and had I guess, seagulls facing um, like six different directions of seagull head. Oh, so there's there's I know there's four. And it's all birds facing right, and they they each have a different beak, and that's like if you put them all next to each other in some configuration, then that gives you an achievement. There are a bunch of achievements for organizing things in that way, and that's one of them. Um, Interesting. I, I so I had this it, for me. It was the same uh, seagull head. He was just rotated different ways. He was like rotated and Weird. flipped different ways and i had like six different configurations of rotation and flip for this goddamn weird seagull i'm like i and it took up the like an entire bottom wall i'm like i guess this is my weird seagull wall now <laughs> sometimes you end up uh... with just like a ton of inventory on like one or two items and you have to you're like Ugh, i guess i have to just make a bunch of space for this thing now yeah, okay, I so... like took my old ones, moved them to a new space, and like have like the big stocks at one place. I given your your yeah. sort of weird lack of organization style, I could see that being like things that I have a lot of just go over here. <laughs> so I'm looking at the the achievements. So the one with all the birds facing right is called Origin of Species. There's oh there's an astronomy one that I could have gotten that I but I didn't put them all together where there's like an observatory the Big Dipper uh, Saturn and I don't know is that Venus um, there's a banana collector one where there's like four different variations of banana um, there's amateur pharmacist which is all just different types of pills um, I had two pills I had two different types of pills but. I had... There's four different types of camels, apparently. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, there's a cryptozoology one. There's, there's. Did, did any of you have the Nessie blocks? There's like uh, yes, a, there's... I had all three okay. Nessie blocks. I didn't get any of those. So those, there's a UFO. There's like fangs, a Bigfoot. There's a thing with three eyes, and there's like a bear claw. I had a yeah, lot. Yeah, of... I think I had most, if not all, of those. Yeah. oh this is i think this is a better achievement guide no it's, it's not weird like at some point where my like warehouse was only filled with hats and teeth <laughs> yeah yeah i had so many hats early on i'm like i just i guess i'm just having a hat corner i guess that i guess hats also gives you an achievement i didn't have a lot of hats I played I played on Epic, so I didn't get achievements, which makes me sad. Because I put yeah, I I a couple. I played it on um the Xbox game on PC, but on the 
you know, what is it Game called? Game Pass thing. Game Pass, yeah. God, how did I forget that? Um, yeah. <laughs> Why did they have to name it Xbox? Uh, actually, I don't know that it is. I know it is. Okay, I just I just hovered over it, and it does just say Xbox when you hover over it. That's annoying. <laughs> they should they should rebrand their whole platform well, for our so they, sake. They've named they've named their consoles like as confusingly as possible. Yes, very much. Like I guess very I much guess so. I guess sequences of numbers are out. And random, very similar letters are in. <laughs> Speaking of I guess bad they were, organization. Yeah, they were going with the we, we, you school of thought. Yeah. Which is not the best one. At least, like, like you know, something like the Switch is, uh, is named because of its functionality. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like the Xbox S or whatever is like, what is that? I mean, like, what is that supposed to stand for? Special? Like, anyway. Well, yeah, but then the X is the upgraded one. So it doesn't, it doesn't even uh, make sense. Yeah. But. The, uh, so what, what yeah. upgrades did you find the most useful? Of the little Wilmot upgrades. We've said that like Borky is very good. Like I'm I mean, distractly see what people want at the start of the round. So you can start anywhere on the floor, which helps a lot. So I found it page to be like the most useless upgrade. Interesting. Because I would always start like start the round like at the place. Because that's where you start it. Uh you you don't have to start well, you don't start it there if time runs out on the delivery round, which ended up happening to, for me towards the end. Yeah, but I just like put Borky there and like said go to work and I start the round. <laughs> yeah. The like, one thing Borky. that the pager doesn't do though is show you how many stars if, if someone's got a lot of stars on offer for fulfilling their order quick. Yeah. Um, oh, do important. people start with different amounts of stars? Oh, yes. Yeah. Some I did not with, even notice. Some start with like five stars and some starts with no star. I I just only like gathered things based on what was most convenient for me to grab. I completely didn't even notice that you got different scores for delivering different things. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't find ones with most stars first. I I would basically I would do the most stars if there were if it was going to be, if I could like plot it out in a in a fast way, but if I couldn't, then I just didn't worry about it. It was, you know, you'd have to make the judgment call or whatever. I I usually ended up doing things in the order of like stuff that I could gather at the same time, where I'm like, oh, okay, so there's three hats on the board, so I'm going to go to my hat section first and get all the hats, 
And then, you know, like, oh, next most populous thing is, you know, like complex abstract shapes. So go to my complex abstract shapes pile. In the end, I did have to organize my complex abstract shapes by color because there were just so many of them. Yeah. Stripes were also sub-organized by color as well. Um, I really love the dash upgrade as well. There's an upgrade you can yeah. get where when you're not carrying anything, you can press a button to like dash really fast. And I felt at the beginning of the game when I was moving around, I'm like, man, when there's a big wide corridor, I'd really love the ability to just do a little dash. And then when I saw that that was an upgrade, I'm like, thank goodness. Like that really feels like a necessary movement. Ask and you shall receive. Yeah, that was that was one of the the fat like the earliest ones that I got to. That might have been, like, the first one that I got. Maybe not. I don't remember what order they unlock in, but I got that one early. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're... Oh, you're right. They're, I guess they're not all available from the start, huh? Um, yeah, I think they probably unlock based on the order in which you purchase them. Right? Like, based on what you get, then, like, stuff nearby it on the little grid unlocks. Something like that. I think all I, of the all of I the pillar destruction ones are are yeah, available. I unlocked a lot of them by purchasing like the pillar ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was unclear to me like what this like what the sequence or causality was for how they unlocked. Um, if the you know if I was affecting the order by what I was buying, or if it was just like always the same way, or. Maybe it's just spending enough stars. It could be too. Um, also, a thing that was unclear to me is if you finish all the deliveries and you don't turn it in right away, do you still lose your time stars? I think you do. But, like, I, I couldn't really tell because I was just so focused on trying to get the warehouse organized. Yeah, I always turn it in. As soon as possible. So yeah, I, I ended up trying to do that as well. Unless there was like one place where I knew I had like specifically messed up the organization, then I would like hurry back and fix it briefly before I ended the round. Um, it's they do. I feel like the way they do the like um, movement and load handling is really interesting because there's so you can start by it starts with you can carry like a certain number of squares just naturally. Um, but they don't, and, and like, it does slow you down to carry more boxes, but not significantly until you hit your actual limit. When you, so if your limit is like, you cannot carry more than eight boxes, then when you hit eight, it doesn't actually make it so you can't move. You just move significantly slower and you actually slow down over time as you're moving stuff. Yeah, and if you stop moving, really... you move back. Yeah. It's it's super interesting as a mechanic because it makes it much easier when you're, like, organizing the warehouse during stock take mode if you, like, want to take two big rows of inventory and just slide them down by one, but it's, like, 18 squares or whatever. You can grab them all and slide it down by one, and it's fine. It just, you know, he he struggles under it, so you can't do it like under time pressure 
which like that's a really like clever and slick design decision i feel like also you can like push blocks without yeah. having to grab them yeah if um, you just force yourself against a block for long enough you will move it out of the way which i feel like is super necessary because otherwise i would often like trap myself in little tight spaces <laughs> without being able to get out and also like like i used to work at a warehouse and that's something I did a lot. <laughs> to like, like kick boxes out of the way? Like, something is a little bit off, you just grab your truck and push it a bit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's and it's it's useful because it's a thing you can still do while you're carrying other stuff. You can just like push a thing into place or out of place. And um, as far as I know, there's no limit to how much you can push. Yeah, unless it's like up against a wall or something. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it, a, takes a, a, it takes a, a second. A blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because the, there would be often times where I would accidentally shift like... A big row of things. A big row, a big row, but there was a gap in it. So then I would just end up with everything slightly off kilter. Yep. <sighs> yeah, that did happen to me a couple times as well. Yeah. Um it's uh, like I'm I'm impressed at how slick a lot of the little details are in this game. Mm -hmm. Um because there's it's it's a very simple mechanic um and sometimes it can be hard to make simple things feel really polished and like very, you know, kind of on point because it's when something's simple, it's much easier to notice its flaws because there's nothing distracting you from it. Um, and I thought like a, a lot of the little touches in this were really nice. Mm -hmm. A lot of the little polish. Also, the way like Wilmot's face kind of follows your mouse around is pretty cute. And uh, just like, Things that didn't necessarily need, like, we didn't need a little drawing of a truck to drop things off and to have an animation. Yeah. And yet, they, we do, and it's cute. Or the, the poster rewards, the motivational yeah. posters. Yeah. That yeah, hang I around really the thing. posters, and like, I always had stuff in front of them. Yeah, I ended yeah. up doing that as well. Um, and like Borky has different little facial expressions depending on what he's doing. Like if you, you know, pick him up or he gets too close to you, he has this little like disconcerted face. Um, but when you like put him to sleep, he has like a little happy smile. It's very Aww. cute. I really missed the boat on Borky. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I recommend Borky. He is a friend. Also, he's a good way to check if you already uh, own, like, the blocks you get. Yeah, because he will, when he scans them, so when you put Borky next to, like, a pile of stuff, uh, and he scans it, it puts, like, a little dashed line around the outside of the blocks that Borky is planning to move. Um, so you can see exactly which blocks Borky is going to handle. And he will skip things that are too far away from him or things that have not already been placed somewhere in the warehouse. So it's a good way of going like, okay, that needs, I need to figure out where I'm going to put that. Um, so there's also, there's a feature in the game um, 
where in between rounds, it shows you like the four new things that you're going to get. And it puts them in like a big, there's just a big grid of like, here's all the items that exist in your warehouse so far. And it lets you drag and drop those around that screen and organize them there. Did either of you guys do that at all? Nope, I did. I That is exactly what I would have guessed. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Carl yeah. didn't organize his warehouse. I bet he didn't organize that either. I found that very useful in terms of like on that screen, I would plan about where things are going to go. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, conceptually like this is going to be in abstract shapes this is going to be in like objects slash body parts this is going to be in objects slash games and toys right like and i would try and group things together on that screen to kind of remind me of how i had organized things and i i wasn't able to fully keep it up to the end of the game because after a while that page just gets really crowded yeah but um, it, it did help it did still help me to think about it the entire time there is also the um you can turn the grid off and the items just kind of float around. And I didn't play with it too much, but I think you get more space. I don't know if they keep floating around or if you can use that to organize them as like a, you know, like a box cloud hmm. type of thing or not. And yeah, then there's they... another... Um... Yeah, there's oh, a sorry? few different views, right? There's like three or four of them. Yeah, there's one also that shows you how many of each item you have in stock. Mm. which is oh it's like a bar graph it's mode, interesting right? to see yeah it's interesting to see but i find th that the utility of that is limited but mm -hmm. you know yeah there's lots of interesting had... data visualizations that are just there to be interesting data visualizations which is kind of interesting mm -hmm. um i guess it makes I sense i really did in, enjoy in... watching the time lapse <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh let's see what else there were a few other things where it's like this so carl if you didn't organize your warehouse did you make use of the like map upgrade at all so i got the map upgrade and i still have no idea what it is it's a it, it shows you where everything is in the warehouse but it's like on the wall so you have to go to it and look at it i guess Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't use that. Okay. Did I you was, buy I it was... and not realize that it was on the wall and you had to go stand in front of it? I think I bought it, like, realized that it was on the wall and then decided, like, yeah, this is useless. Yeah, because okay. the problem is I, I was, like, looking at that upgrade and I'm like, it seems like it will take me too much time to go and see where everything is the the one time i could see it being useful is if you were between play sessions and you'd kind of forgot where you put everything and you wanted to do a refresher before you started again that's true but even then i usually Assuming... just like zipped around the warehouse and looked at everything yeah and that's even assuming that you could even access the map and there weren't things in front of it yeah which is probably what would have happened if if I, I i saw that it was on the wall and decided not to buy it um because i figured i just figured that's what would happen so yeah there's also a two-player mode um which we didn't try but i'm i'm very tempted to try with huck um let's see like 
I feel like that that is one of those things that's either like really great or possibly friendship ruining. I think it yeah, I think it depends on who you play it with. Like I would I would never play that with my boyfriend because he would I mean, he's the kind of person who comes to my Animal Crossing island and just shakes my trees. So you can mm-hmm. imagine how well that would go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in this kind of setting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it definitely has to be, it, I can, I feel like if you're doing it co-op, you have to sort of, one person has to be in charge of how the warehouse is organized. And then like, you both have to coordinate really well on calling what you're going to do in any given sequence would be my, my assu- assumption. Yeah. Cause even like the little stuff that Borky does is it's like helpful but sometimes like you will stumble on a block that you like didn't realize was there because Borky's like trying to fit it where it goes and you know now it's sticking out into an aisle you're like oh shit what's this block doing here yeah I feel like I don't know I don't think I can play this game co-op yeah i was wondering that about myself too i'm like yeah i i I think i could you know if i'm allowed to be in charge of the warehouse organization i could probably do this but i don't know if i could like cede organizational control to someone else yeah no like this game i found it to be stressful but like just the right type and amount of stressful Okay, um, I was going to ask because we said last week that you would probably either like really like or really hate this game. Yeah, it uh, I I I did like it and I liked the I don't know, there's just something really satisfying about organizing and not only organizing but like coming up with an organizational scheme whether or not it makes sense to anyone else as long as it makes sense to you. That's yeah. Fine. Um the the stressful parts were like the time pressure bits but you still got you know your your um ooh my phone is making noise my mom's calling me i'll have to call her back um you still get like the the unlimited stock taking um yeah section section which yeah which is super necessary a lot of it. yeah yeah um and, it, and they come the fairly regularly sections, yeah and the time sections are they're short enough to be like, oh, I, I am under time pressure, but the demands placed on you are relatively low in that time. Like, you never have to fill more than four orders. Um, the only, like, the really stressful part is the delivery section. Because it's like, oh god, I've got all this shit, I gotta put it away, what if I don't have time to put it away? Then I gotta remember that it's over here. Oh, like it depends on how you're. Yeah, it depends on yeah. how bad you are at organizing stuff. 
Yeah. yeah. It, it depends a lot on um, on your spacing, too, because, like, I didn't have a lot of space to maneuver uh, by the end of it around where the drop-off was. And so, like, you know, I could leave stuff there, but then I would only have, like, a one-wide aisle to get around it, which would be bad. And as I said, towards the end game, because, like, every time you get a new delivery and then you, um, you know, you spend time... Um, like uh, fulfilling orders, the amount of stuff that you fulfill with the order is always less than the amount of stock that you have received. So over time, your warehouse fills up with things and you just have less and less space. <laughs> um, and so you, you have to be very careful about making sure that you have enough room to move around and get where you need to be. I did end up doing, and that was probably a mistake, towards the uh, end of the game, I think it was at like 160-some items, I did like a real big warehouse reorganization where I just like spent a really long stock take section moving everything to be in what I thought was like a slightly better Oh, uh, space yeah and then about halfway cool. through the process i was like what am i doing i should have just left it alone this is so bad <laughs> but i did get there eventually and it was fine it was when i decided i had yeah. enough um abstract shape objects that they really needed to be organized by color within that and so i tried to move everything oh, right. around and it was just it was a mess Um, so yeah, mm. but I'm, I was pleased at myself when you get to like, when you unlock the last four objects, it doesn't even like deliver any of them to you. It, the game just ends <laughs> pretty abruptly. <laughs> okay. So you hit 200 yeah. objects and you're just done. I guess that makes sense. And like, it, it didn't occur to me until you said it just now, but yeah, over time, it does just become impossible to play because yeah. you are taking in way more stock than you are putting out, which really calls into question how profitable this whole venture is, but hey, whatever, <laughs> you know? Well, so spoilers, spoilers for the, the end of the game. Um, but uh, when you hit 200 items your, your like little manager so there's like a little manager dude he's i think a hexagon uh named cj who like gives you your posters and stuff along the way and he's always like good job but like don't get overconfident um and you know so he's like a you know stereotype boss character um and when you hit uh 200 he calls you into his office and he's like good news wilmot uh, you're fired, and we're going entirely automated now. We're giving this all to Borky. <laughs> it's gonna be 100% robots. And then Borky and his other Borkies just take over the warehouse and do everything automated from then on. I don't think that would work. Well, I, if you had enough of them, I guess. Yeah. Borky, Borky shuts down when you come near to him. Um, mostly, I think, so that you don't get in each other's way too much. Also, Borg has a problem with, like, new stuff coming in. Yeah. Um, the, the implication is that it's basically just, like, a continuous stream of, like, 
robots doing like a little dances down the aisle and delivering things. It's they 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 do like over the credits. There's like a little animation of a bunch of little Borkies putting things in various places and delivering stuff, and it's very cute. So Borky was the betrayer all along. <laughs> I guess. It's hard to stay mad at the little guy. He probably, like, an army of Borkies probably is more efficient than Wilmot. So. That is true. That is true. Yeah, it's hard to stay mad at a robot, I think, in general. <laughs> um, but yeah. The one Wilmot's thing like, I lack from this game that I would, like, really need to make this, like, game great. And that's like some kind of like, well, we used to refer to it as like a mechanical storyline. Like hmm. something that changes the mechanics over time. Because it becomes like the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, that that's absolutely fair. It is, it has an almost like... Um... I guess, casual game type feel in that sense, right? Uh, I feel like that's really common among, like, especially casual mobile games, where it's like, you're here because you want to do this thing for, like, this familiar thing for, like, 30 minutes at a time, and so it never changes. It's always that one thing. Um, and, like, this is a game that I feel like you can't really play in quite that same way because it's hard to come back to because you forget everything about how you'd organize the space um, and you need to refresh a little bit but it it definitely does like yeah it just gets repetitive but I, I that's one reason that I actually kind of like that it ends abruptly at 200 items because as I was getting like high up there I was thinking to myself like I'm worried that this game will become one of those games that I feel like compelled to continue playing, but it stops being fun because it's just gotten too many like things over time. Like the, you know, same mechanic, obviously, but like it, it just gets harder and harder and harder because you have more and more things. And so I'm like, I really hope that like there is an arbitrary end point at some point to just force me to stop. Because that seems like the kind thing to do. And then there was, which made me, like, feel much better about it. Yeah, I would maybe argue that 200 is quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I did not start to feel really pressured about space in my warehouse until, like, the last probably 20 or, you know, 25-ish items. So. Yeah, I didn't feel, like, pressured in my warehouse, but like, I felt like, like, I started getting bored, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I could see that. Um, it's definitely, as a, like, not a game that I will, that I feel like I'm going to play long term. Like, there's some kind of casual games, casual-ish games, or games that are pretty continuous that I come back to periodically. Um, like Banished or, you know, a lot of other simulation type games. Um, or even like Mini Metro, um, which is another thing that's like kind of casual, like the same thing progression over time. Um, but 
this this doesn't feel this feels like one where I'm like, okay, I kind of get what that experience is as a mechanic. Maybe if it was because it's in this weird space between it's not simple enough and short term enough for me to play it like a mobile casual game where I just come and do a quick 15 minute session like mini Metro, but it's also not like it doesn't develop enough for me to like come back and play it every couple years as like a one-time campaign thing. It's kind of like misses it's in the, it's in a weird space between where it doesn't kind of work either way, which is unfortunate, but I, I enjoyed the time I did spend with it for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I'm 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 feeling the same kind of way about it. Oh. Yeah, like yeah, liked I'm, it. I probably won't it. pick it up again. Yeah. yeah. Same. All right. Any other, I guess, final thoughts on the game? And the music was enjoyable. The sort of atmosphere was kind of mini metro like in that it was, you know, soothing but not. Like sleep inducing. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did I did this one like it did sort of keep reminding me of Mini Metro in that way where it's like minimalistic, a very simple premise that builds on itself. Um yeah. I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's not how warehouses work. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. It's true, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I recommend it for, you know, if you like, if it's on sale, especially like, and you just, you know, want something kind of quick and fun and, and low mental impact, like, like Kelso said, the right amount of mental impact, right? Because it keeps you focused mm -hmm. and like a little under pressure, but it's not like overwhelmingly thinky. Yeah. So it's, and there's it really no... Thin. Yeah, there's there's no really um, like penalty for not completing your orders with them. Like you don't get as many stars, but it's it's less of a penalty for not. It's not a penalty for failing, but it is a reward for you know succeeding efficiently and quickly. Yeah. What happens if was it a, can't unload more squares? I assume it like pushes existing squares out of the way. Yeah, but um, what if there's a wall? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the thought occurred to me, but I did not. I did not want to take the, the do all the necessary uh, silliness to to test. Yeah, I, I think you would have to have like a full like several rows of bricks you know five five wide going all the way up to the counter before it couldn't um before it couldn't deliver anything yeah which is yeah the entire length of the warehouse so yeah seems doable it yeah seem i mean doable. like yeah it's a thing you could definitely do but you would have to organize your warehouse specifically for that and you would also have to block your ability to like deliver any products to people at the window so you like you'd have to be doing it specifically to experiment on what happens wait wait a minute do you do you need to do any orders at all i don't know are you asking like That's you could question. just immediately end the round to get the time stars? 
I don't think it lets you end the no, round like, until. Like, do you need you stars? Just let the time run out. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't true. think you need stars. Yeah, because I think I I don't think you can end the round unless you've done all your deliveries. But I mean, you're gonna I guess you certainly could. You're gonna yeah. get more stuff in the warehouse. <laughs> like, well, Carl, I think it's is there I an think... end condition if you have too much stuff. I think this is uh, definitely a case where you need to perform an experiment and get back to us. Yeah, I can't wait to test know. out. Carl has just invented the YouTube genre of Wilmot's Warehouse Challenge Runs. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm thinking more like, if you speedrun the game, can you just, like, end the round over and just, over again? Just move, just move everything to, uh, to the corners as fast as you can and see if you can end the round early. Never deliver anything. I like, I like, I like where this is going. <laughs> Can't want that stuff out. Yeah, do. Let us know. Yeah, I'm curious now, too. So it falls to you, Carl, since you brought it up. Um, all right. <laughs> meanwhile, any meanwhile, other final thoughts on, uh, on Wilmot? No. no. All right. Well, then let's, uh, let's talk about our next game. Yeah, our next game, uh, which also includes robots, um, and is not one game, but two. Um, we are going to be playing uh, Subsurface Circular and Quarantine Circular, which are games about robots by Mike Bethel. Mike Bethel is the guy who did um, Thomas Was Alone, yes? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. I should know this. I follow him on Twitter, but he doesn't tweet about his own games very much. I don't know if I follow um, him on Twitter or not, but it doesn't matter. Those are the games we're playing. <laughs> yeah, so they are um, conversation sims, just like yeah. a couple hours long, something like that? Yep. Basically, yep. I have played Subsurface, and it's been, gosh, a long time, so I don't remember <laughs> it super well. Well, I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed uh, Thomas Was Alone uh, in terms of like, you know, doing interesting um, experimental stuff with storytelling. Um, so I'm curious, and I've, I've actually been recommended this one by, uh, by some friends, so I'm curious to see how it goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, interesting to see, like, because like Thomas Was Alone was a long time ago. It was like yeah. at the start of indie games or yeah, like the, the modern the style of indie games. Yeah, let's see. Thomas was alone. Uh, came out in 2012. I would have guessed 2012. I was like, start of the indie boom, that'll be around 2012. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, good year for indie games. Uh, yeah, so this is two games, but it's, uh, they're only like two hours a piece, I think, roughly, maybe a little more. Yeah, so and, I, think, uh, I think I, I think think they're both like five bucks on two. Steam or something, so not, yeah. not too much. Yeah. And if you're like me, you already got them in like a bundle or something somewhere, and they're just sitting in your library, so... As as games sometimes do, they just appear unbidden 
yep. in your Steam list. They're like, oh man, I really wanted to play this. How convenient for me that I just happened to already own it. Yeah. Past me looking out. Basically. Um, I guess I guess we do plugs now. Is that what we do? Yes, that, that is sounds what we about do right. Next. Yeah. Hello. Uh, I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb, and you can also follow the podcast Twitter at Feedback Force. Um, my name is Kyla. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go. Um, and you can purchase the game I made, Wintermore Tactics Club, on Steam. Uh, on I think we're on GOG, actually, as well. Um, and on mo most modern consoles. So PS4, Xbox One, and the Switch. Yeah, and I'm Carl, and you can follow me on Twitter at Skug3. Nice. And All right. Thanks it. for spending another episode with us, folks. We'll yeah, see you we'll next see time. See you all next time. Bye. Bye bye. bye.